The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. So we've just had uh, Matthew chapter 13, uh, verses 44 to 46, uh, read for us by Zach. Thank you very much for that. Um, please keep it open in front of you as we look at those three verses. Um, they might be familiar to you. Uh, they might be new. Um, and I want to ask you a question uh, to start off with. Uh, what one thing, it's going to be a difficult question, what one thing do you prize most? What one thing do you prize most? Above everything else, what one thing do you prize most? And I want you to give an instinctive answer to that question. What one thing do you prize most? If it helps, it's probably going to be the thing that you just couldn't live without. Or maybe it's, um, I was thinking about this, maybe it's the thing that you've been thinking about most of this week. Most of this week has been filled up with, um, with thinking about that one thing. Uh, maybe, maybe it's that. What do you prize most above everything else? Well, we're looking at these verses at a great discovery that Jesus is describing. And it, this discovery is going to call into question whether what we value most is actually the most valuable. Or whether something else is. Verses 44 to 46 tell us what the kingdom of heaven is like. That's how they start. Twice we're told that. And it's like a discovery. A great discovery. And our first thing we're going to see is that what Christians have is worth everything. Everything. What Christians have is worth everything. Now let's read verse 44. It says this, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Jesus has said a lot about the nature of the kingdom already. At the start of the chapter, it was to a great crowd of people who had gathered to hear him teach. And now it's just to his disciples who are the only ones who have gone in with him to a house. And Matthew, who's writing this, wants his readers and us to understand what Jesus' kingdom is like, both now and what it will be. Because it's not exactly what we expect. We've been seeing that it's revealed to some people and not to others. That's surprising. We've been seeing that it's a kingdom that for now will look unimpressive and weak, and it's persistently met with opposition. That's surprising. And now Jesus gives his disciples two further descriptions here. Two more parables that show the incomparable value and lasting joy of knowing him and being in his kingdom even if they have nothing else. What Christians have is worth everything. Jesus likens the kingdom to a great discovery, two discoveries in fact, uh, that clearly are meant to be understood together. Let's look at them. So the first one is of a worker in a field who stumbles across a buried item or items of immense worth. He started the day expecting, well, another day at work. 
nothing much. He wasn't out to do to find it, but his whole perspective and priorities on that day are immediately altered when he comes into contact with something which is far beyond his reach. Normally, he, he would just wouldn't be able to to even think about uh, what is what, what is so precious uh, that he has discovered, and so he must buy that field. That's his new priority, isn't it? Then he, in his joy he goes and sells all he has and buys that field. It's of utmost importance now. The second man has great wealth already. Uh, we're told that he's a, a pearl merchant and pearls aren't cheap. His delight isn't to make money though. Well, presumably it was, but in, in particularly in the search for beauty. And in the process he encounters, in the process of the search, he encounters the most beautiful and priceless pearl he's ever seen more than he even thought possible so they're quite different aren't they the, the two stories the discoveries come about in different ways but this discovery which stands for the kingdom remember the kingdom of heaven is like this discovery is priceless priceless that's seen first isn't it in their joint and insatiable new desire immediate and impatient even they must have it they weren't thinking about it before but they must have it then it's seen as they joyfully trade in absolutely everything they have which to others is going to seem purely reckless but to them is pure delight that's the closing line of the first discovery isn't it then in his joy he goes and sells all he has there's not even a hint of hesitation or chuntering. There's immense joy. This is so much better. Let's be clear here that Jesus is not saying that we can buy our way into the kingdom of heaven. We can't. But when his kingdom is revealed to someone, they'll want Jesus more than anything else. That has been the experience of everyone sitting here who's a Christian. The message is simple and direct from these parables. What they have in the kingdom is so precious, it's absolutely worth it. What Christians have is worth everything. They now see that Jesus and his kingdom is of far greater worth, greater than anything else. That means that anything and everything else well, that takes a second place. It has to. Because knowing and having him is what matters. Presumably for a worker to buy a field, just a guy working the field to buy, to, to, to have the finance to buy a field, well, he's going to need to pawn every item he owns, isn't it? Maybe even the shirt on his back. The merchant, well, he can afford it, but he trades in even his prized pearl collection they're, they're, they're not as good a place in Jesus' kingdom is, is worth everything that's what we see about Jesus' kingdom here all, after all the other things we've seen a place in Jesus' kingdom is worth everything well you might now be thinking well what's so great about it then well, I've been thinking a bit more about this this week 
particularly when so many have been hurting and lamenting the misuse and abuse of justice. There's been lots of demonstrations about that, hasn't there? It struck me afresh just how wonderful Jesus is and his kingdom is. We deeply long for justice and we even demand it in the face of injustice, but we can't imagine or dream of perfect justice that lasts. We just don't even think it's possible. But Jesus is bringing his perfect justice to bear and he will perfectly do that when he returns. Under his eternal rule, justice and righteousness will flow like mighty rivers. There will be peace and injustice will be no more. So if justice is really what we want, this picture should excite us. This kingdom should be priceless to us. But it should also terrify us. Because it follows to ask, doesn't it, that if um, that where will that lead us in this kingdom? The separation that Jesus has described on that day is described in this chapter. And it's just there in verses 49 and 50. The separation that Jesus will bring on that day is described and he will send the wicked to a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. So where does that lead me? Well, it's a good question. And it would certainly be a good one to turn into a prayer. I've clearly been rebelling against Jesus' loving and rightful rule in my life. I deserve to be punished. If Jesus were to condemn me, I would be heading for hell. But if he has himself paid that penalty at the cross, in him I find forgiveness. And in him alone. So that greatest discovery and the most significant one of the kingdom of heaven could actually be mine. What Christians have is worth everything. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And uh, I think Jesus' main application here is for them. For those who have already received forgiveness and are facing difficulty. I think Jesus' take home for them is this second point. If the kingdom costs them everything, they are blessed. If the kingdom costs them, costs them everything, they are blessed. Jesus is speaking to those whom the secrets of the kingdom have been given. He said that back in uh, verse 11 of this chapter. To those who see that the kingdom that now looks unimpressive and opposed will one day fill the earth. And the flip side, the challenge of what Jesus is saying, as I said, it's not that we pay for the kingdom, but Jesus has already said that those to whom it has been given will suffer. And when we're facing trials and opposition, the question that's bouncing around our hearts that we need an answer for is this, is it worth it? Is it worth it? <laughs> That's the question, isn't it? When you're going through the hardships, the, the persecution, the opposition, is it worth it? And Jesus is saying, if it means you're a citizen of his kingdom, then it absolutely is. If it means you're a citizen of his kingdom, 
then it's absolutely worth it. Such that Jesus can say, if you remember back in the Sermon on the Mount, he says this, Blessed are those who are persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he says, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. If the kingdom costs them everything, they are blessed. If they lose everything, <laughs> they still have everything. You see? Um, well, let's think about this. The best in life, it seems, that is not something we can see or get our hands on, but it is Jesus. Belonging to him and being part of his kingdom is more valuable than anything else we could ask or wish for. And those who God graciously invites to that kingdom and reveals his son to, they inherit a kingdom that outvalues all else, which is far greater. And if you're listening in and you haven't really considered that before, why not humbly ask him to do that for you? It might sound odd. And if you're going to be joining us for some of our sessions, why not ask him to do that through the sessions, that he would reveal to you Jesus and show him why that's the case, that he is the priceless prize, the greatest treasure. And maybe you go to church... Um, and maybe it's possible, isn't it, to go to church because I want something more than Jesus. What do I mean by that? Well, what I prize is not him, but what I'm hoping he will give me. It could be any number of things. A partner, to conceive, have a child, or money, or a job. You name it. So Jesus is, in that example, Jesus isn't the treasure itself. It's the, the thing we sell for cash to get what we really want. To fulfil our dreams. This, this description here really exposes any Bible teacher who'd say that Jesus will get you what you want. In this life. It's Jesus and a kingdom not yet realised in full that is worth giving up everything for that's what this is saying and those who do get give up everything well they're blessed they're the blessed ones they might not look like it but they're blessed everyone else might think losers idiots they've got nothing they might be stricken with poverty or persecution or illness of health and yet, if they have the kingdom of heaven, they have absolutely everything. They are blessed. Just notice, Jesus isn't the voucher that we trade off for a place in heaven. We'll spend the rest of eternity finding our greatest joy and delight in him. That second man, he, he ended up with a pearl. And the only thing you do with a pearl is you look at it. <laughs> It's not, it's not something you, 
you use for something else, for another purpose, you, you look at it, you delight in it, it's beauty, and you, you enjoy it. And that's what we'll be doing with Jesus in eternity. We'll find our greatest joy and delight in him. And church people might not yet say, church people uh, who, who, who are really looking for something else will not be able to see what Paul can speak of as the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. It may be that we need to repent of loving something more than him. Jesus, I, I realise now that I was loving money more than you. Jesus, I, I realise now that I was after that, that new job and I was hoping you'd get it for me. But I can see now that you're the treasure. You're the greatest prize. What if you're a Christian? Well, this is the point, isn't it? This priceless treasure is yours. The God of all justice and mercy is yours. You belong to him and you will forever be with him. And there will be times as a Christian, I guess it will be when facing persecution mostly, you find yourself asking that question, is it worth it? Maybe that's been this week for you. You're even asking it as you logged on. Is it worth it? We can even struggle to see it for ourselves. And so that's why it's so important that you meet up with other Christians. Because it doesn't have to sound trite or insensitive. It can come with loving appreciation of the loss that you're feeling currently. But you do need to hear the truth from them again. Keep going. The kingdom is worth it. Jesus is worth it. When you're scorned, rejected and hated, you are unimaginably blessed. When you've poured out time and energy and sacrificed whatever for following Jesus, you end up without a loss. In fact, you're abundantly rich. Blessed. And where we grasp that fully, we'll be able to say, I want to follow Jesus, even if it means persecution or poverty because it means citizenship in the kingdom of heaven and what I've been freely given I want others to have you can imagine the guy with the pearl look at my pearl I've got a pearl look at this pearl I want to tell you about this pearl he's not going to keep it to himself is he you can't imagine a Christian who says Jesus is for me and I'll keep it to myself I'll keep him to myself. He, he's wonderful, you know, but I'll just keep him to myself. No, they'll share the news about him with anyone and, anyone, anyone and everyone they can. With those that they know and love and those that they don't. And that's what Jesus says, isn't it? In verse 51 and 52, we looked at this on Tuesday. Jesus says that every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven it's like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. Bringing out the treasure that they have in God's word, in Jesus, telling others about it. Every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. Now, 
Let's pray. In a moment, we'll have the opportunity to, to pray uh, for a few specific things. Um, uh, and, uh, and I'll put up a, a prayer on the screen. But why don't I just give you a moment um, to, to think about those two things. What Christians have is worth everything. And even if it means, if it, even if it costs everything, they are blessed. I'll give you a moment to think about that. And in a moment we'll have some questions as well. You, Jesus, are the best this world has to offer. You are the treasure and pearl of great price. The most holy God with us, God eternal now ours. An indescribable privilege we belong to you. We have been shown great mercy by you, our sins you have forgiven and paid for in full. You, the everlasting King, have called us your friends. We have been welcomed with your everlasting love into a kingdom that will never spoil or fade, where righteousness and justice flow from your throne. Amen.